0: Welcome to the Catfish and Crappie Podcast tonight. I got my friend and awesome guest, Ryan Bortz. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great, buddy. So what's new, man? We 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 called this one dangerous fishing.
1: I figured it kind of fits for what I've been uh, what I've been doing in the kayak. I mean, there's there's not a lot of people that'll take a kayak and stick it in a set of hydros at some of these bigger dams. And I've I've had quite a few messages. Asking me, hey man, can you take me and show me how to do that? And I'm like, how long have you been kayaking, you know? And it's kind of brought a, a safety awareness that I didn't really think about before I started doing this stuff and putting it on the TikTok and YouTube and Facebook, you know. If you don't have years of experience in a kayak, please don't try it. <laughs> it's uh, I have
0: to agree. now now real quick. Let's take a step back here for people listening on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, over uh, off either Apple or Spotify or any of the other ones. Um, where are you from?
1: I am from Central Kentucky. Is the easiest way to put that. I'm outside of Lexington, probably an hour, hour south of Louisville.
0: Okay, and you're you you do a lot of kayak fishing, don't you?
1: Yeah, probably about forty to fifty hours a week on average.
0: I was going to say if you guys don't know Ryan, he grinds, man. That guy lives on the water surprised he doesn't have a pillow in his kayak when he's out there
1: my next step is a recliner chair mounted to it so i can kick back but
0: (laughs) even creole and chad says that's why i call that dude the hardest working man in catfishing
1: yeah creole actually gave me that name on your show probably what two years ago
0: yeah that was a while ago uh uh, Creel was looking for somebody to have a one V one, which I do on my, uh, channel from time to time. Uh, basically if you're an angler, you want to give your channel a little of attention or whatever, uh, contact me we can set up a one-to-one, uh, if you got a body of work and you, you've proven yourself, I'd be more than happy to do that. Creel was looking for competitors and, and, and without batting an eye, Ryan stepped up to the challenge. We didn't even know who this kid was. That was
1: my first time in your show
0: that was your first time in the show and i'm like all right you sure and i was thinking the whole time i'm like oh this better be good i hope i didn't make a mistake but (laughs) me and ryan have become friends we give each other a lot of a lot of grief through messenger don't we ryan
1: yeah definitely (laughs) creole definitely whooped my butt on that twice now
0: (laughs) you you ended up is it the one where you shorted out your phone
1: no i think yeah actually it was it started raining and shorted my phone out yep
0: yeah that was a that was a cold rainy day i remember that you you look pretty miserable but you kept on keep you kept on trucking which was a good thing
1: and i put i put a nice fish in the kayak the first what 10 minutes that day
0: mm-hmm yeah, and that's still on my channel. If you guys want to go back and watch that, like you said, it's like two years ago. If you want to go back through all the lives, now that YouTube has the live separated from the videos, you'll be able to find that stuff on my on the page. Uh it it and Ryan's been on a couple of these, haven't you, Ryan?
1: Uh I think I did two with Creole.
0: Had a rematch?
1: Yeah, we had a rematch, but I think there was another one I did somewhere in there. Didn't you did a tournament or something maybe maybe that's what it was maybe
0: the 1v1s because i've done those i've done the survivor yeah. series and i don't think you were part of march madness but uh we're going to get back on it we'll do another march madness uh this spring i'm going to try and keep the online tournaments to once a year we'll do one catfish tournament we'll do one crappie tournament and i got a couple of ideas uh, uh that i'm kind of keeping to myself so well uh, you're always welcome to to be a part of those so and, and it'll be YouTube. pretty exciting. There are tournaments all over YouTube these days. Um, I know that uh, Chad had his, he's gonna have Winter Blues. Brian's has his Battle of the Rivers going on. Uh, I know Muskrat's got his tournament, so you think you can fish. Uh, Kevin had the Monster Cat uh muskrat also had his kids tournament on halloween which was fun to watch miss caitlin from the weekend anglers i think this weekend is josh's too from the weekend anglers uh the tactic tournament so look up uh the weekend angler uh this this podcast will probably be uh, uh posted afterwards but check out his channel you'll be able to check out the replay so that's always a fun one And your time. kayak so let's let's talk about your journey through kayak fishing before we get into to anything else when you started out what kind of kayak were you on
1: man i was in a uh lifetime tamarack from walmart a 300 kayak that i actually bought on credit um w- whenever i first got into it i went out on my buddy's kayak and it was a little sit-in lifetime 100 kayak from walmart and he was talking about buying an extra one and i was like well i'll put in a hundred bucks on it you know and i can't afford one but i put in a hundred dollars on you buying an extra one i'll just use it when when you go out or whatever so he comes in with that and uh, we we took it out that weekend and he said uh he said what do you think about that kayak i was like man it's all right it's a lot better than that will city and he said good you owe me 200 more dollars so so i paid that off and then uh, I was bass fishing then, actually, just live baiting brush piles and, you know, just catching fish, just whatever I could get a hold of was fun, and I posted some pictures on Facebook. I got into some channel cats at a little local lake, and a buddy of mine invited me to a free kayak tournament he was having. It was unheard of for a kayak catfishing tournament at the time, and he got a couple of gift cards donated from Cabela's and a local bait shop, and, like, it was a free deal. There's probably 20 of us went down there and just... Hung out and had a good time, and I ended up winning that. And uh, I had the big heads, you know, the bass guys done come down here and, and whooped y'all at catfishing and did y'all sport. And he said, Well, he said, now next weekend I'll take you out. And I he said, I'll show you how to catch a real catfish. And uh, I went out and got a little old, a 20 or 30 pound blue on that lifetime kayak that next weekend. And man, I've never looked back. Uh,
0: never looked back. Gave up the bass life.
1: Yeah, I've used my bass gear once, and that was this year. Actually, I'm using it a lot now for catching bait, but my bass tackle I took out one time this year, and I actually went up to Ohio and did a double header in one day. I fished a bass tournament in the morning from, I think it was from six to three. And then from four till midnight, I jumped straight over into a catfish tournament. And uh, I took big fish in the bass tournament, which paid out more than first place. So I was ecstatic with that. And then turned around and took big fish and first place in the kite. Catfish tournament right after that.
0: There you go. So, so, did you use that big bass for bait? Because they make great bait. I know oh, we're going to yeah. hurt a lot of feelings out there, but they do. So,
1: their, uh, their rules, in the, it was a KBF type event. Uh, that's the big name kayak bass fishing mm-hmm. tournament trail. And uh, in the rules, if you enter a fish in on the scoreboard, you can't keep it. Okay. But I was planning on that day. My plan was for my video was to go out and catch bass in that and have my three for my score. And then anything over that, that I didn't enter into my score, I was going to use for bait. Well, I ended up only scoring three bass that day. So that didn't work out for me, but I did just put out a TikTok video of bass for bait where I caught a flathead with a, a good chunk of, uh, Large mouth. It was a large mouth of bass that I'd filleted the side off of and cut the tail off of, and uh, that's actually gaining quite a bit of traction on TikTok. I think it's something like five thousand views, which for my TikTok, that's quite a few.
0: That's great, yeah. And and I, in the description, I do have uh um Ryan's TikTok and his YouTube channel. So if you guys want to check them out, you can always just check out the description and, and check it out. uh ryan's a hell of an angler uh th- th- let's take a break here real quick you got any sponsors you want to shout out because i got to shout out a few
1: i do i'd like to thank chubby fish outdoors um that's my terminal tackle sponsor um monster rod holders muddy river catfishing that's the best rods i've ever used and i love chris to death i couldn't do what i do without him uh carolina lake weights borts 10 Get you 10% off there on their dragon weights and their uh, leaders. They have pre-tied, um, never lost anchors, um, Isaiah house treatment center and reliance works LLC, which is where I work.
0: Awesome. Good deal. I want to make sure I give a shout out to Port Barrington Marina. Thanks for all your help, Jimmy and, and JT. I want to make sure I give a shout out to the new sponsor, which is fish brain. Can't forget uh multi Thank you very much. Amped outdoors and Uncle Lou's. So thank those you multi-bars.
1: Guys for- <laughs> those multi-bars. You was jealous when I got mine for a long time. I was,
0: time. I was jealous, man. And now I know exactly that that jealousy was well deserved because those, <laughs> those multibars are the bomb. I'm telling yeah, you, I, I love them things.
1: I'll never have anything else on a boat. I mean, yeah. that's just the the way to go.
0: We're gonna put them on the next boat. Make sure they get installed on there, all, all nice and snug, which are easy to do. And and man, I don't care. I thirty plus pound flatheads on there. They they don't even move. Dragon baits. They're 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 good stuff. But, I, but enough of know. that. Enough of that. Oh, and I do have to admit, those lithium batteries, man, I love them. Amped outdoors lithium batteries. But anyways, we'll we'll, we'll move on from there. So what are you fishing out of now? And your what kind of kayak are you fishing in now? So
1: um, I moved up from the lifetime I went to a new canoe frontier 12 and then I went from that to a Hobie PA 12 because I wanted the pedal drive. Then I got it and I bolted a trolling motor on it and the pedal drives useless at that point. I'll never (laughs) go back. And now I'm in a a PA 14 Hobie and I'm very seriously considering going back to the, the new canoe frontier 12. Um, The 360 seat on those kayaks for catfishing, like what we're doing, man, you can spin that around and have your rod rack, just like you're in a boat behind you, um, for bumping, which most people ain't doing on a kayak. There's only a few of us doing it, but you can spin that seat around. My buddy's got one and, and I'm telling you, he's just so comfortable sitting there, turned around bumping, just right out the back. And here I am over here, sidearm bumping, you know, wearing my shoulders
0: out. (laughs) And 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 it'll do that.
1: I get I get jealous of him watching him do it but I still catch more fish than him so that's that's, that's all that all counts. Yeah. That's
0: all that counts. When he starts passing you up and fish that's when you got to start getting worried. Yeah. Yeah, I took I took one of them uh new canoes for a test for a test drive, there was a demo day out here when I went to buy my kayak, and uh, it was between that and the Jackson big rig. I ended up with the big rig because they sweetened the deal with an Orion cooler, so you probably would have ended up. It, they were both great kayaks, but that new canoe was pr- pretty pretty nice, I have to say.
1: And and that's actually what my buddy Mike, that's what he uses uh,
0: he's
1: He had the Jackson Nar and actually just brought it down here and traded it back out at my house for his big rig that I'd built for him. Mm-hmm. and the gnar has its place in fishing and but that big rig man that's just where it's at as far as jackson Kikes for what we do he is not a little he's a little short guy but he's he's not a little guy i think he probably around 200 pounds and he can stand dead on the bow of that big rig you know, right up on the front deck of it with the trolling motor, and it. it it just is a stable platform.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a big dude. but I'm I'm a I'm a pretty darn big dude, and I've stood in mind to have to take care of some business, if you folks know what I mean. And and it wasn't a problem. It was as stable as stable could get, which is pretty much why I bought it. So, but yeah, you know, I wasn't really worried about turning it over or anything because the the spots I fish, they're they're pretty shallow or close to banks. So I ain't worried about it, but. Have you ever turned it over and lost, turned your kayak over and lost any gear like Chad Fields? Right. I, I did do that.
1: Um, so a Hobie, if you're not familiar with Hobie kayaks, they have two drain plugs in the back, just like a boat, a boat has one in the middle with well, a Hobie has one on each side and without those in, they fill up with water in about an hour <laughs> and I went over into the hydros up at the Ohio river this summer and, uh, forgot to put those plugs in, and I learned about 30 minutes into the trip that I had forgot to put those plugs in. So I started trying to get back to the truck, and I couldn't make it back to the truck because it was up current. So I ended up going with the current to get back to the to the bank on the other side. I ran the trailer motor up into the rocks, grabbed my paddle and went to push the back of the kayak around to get out of it, and it flipped right there. I was in 21 feet of water. Right. I, and I mean, the nose of the kayak was touching the bank, but the back of the kayak was in 21 feet of water. I went about $2,500 worth of gear. I think I added up. I lost right there.
0: Uh, that's just, Well, at least you weren't hurt. so. Yeah.
1: That, when you're in that fast water like that, going over is uh, is a bad deal any way you go about it.
0: Yeah. I, you know, when I was a young man, I flipped canoes over in rivers and stuff up against... Uh, like brush piles and stuff, and it, it's no joke once they start filling up, especially in that scenario, you know. It gets to be more than just losing gear.
1: Yeah.
0: It really does, so you got to be careful. And I know you always wear your 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 PFD, right?
1: I do not go off the boat ramp without
0: it. Yeah, what's your PFD of choice? Why don't you give them a plug?
1: So I've got a uh, NRS uh, Splash right now, which is kind of the cheaper version of an NRS Chinook. Mm -hmm. I've had it about two years and it's finally about time to retire it the the fish slime and the sun has pretty well took its toll on it Mm -hmm. It's starting to kind of come apart in the back from rubbing on the seat and you know the sun's faded it out but I think I gave like $119 for it and it saved my life once so I mean it, it way more than paid for itself
0: Yeah, that's all that counts. I got I got one of them Chinooks that when I sold my kayak, I actually held on to, and I'm glad I did, because they, you know, they the the kayak uh, PFDs, they got that high back flotation. So actually, even if you're sitting back in a boat seat, it's still up above it, and it's a heck of a lot more comfortable. If you're not comfortable wearing it, you're not going to wear it.
1: That that was the big thing with me. I'd never actually wore one that was comfortable to wear. And when I first started kayak fishing and stuff, I'd just throw it in the back of the kayak. I mean, the state law says, as long as you've got it on the boat, you're good. You don't have to wear it. Mm-hmm. And I was really bad not to wear it. And I had a fish spin me around in the kayak one day before I had a motor on it. You know, when you're when you're paddling, you hook a 50 pound blue cat, it just does what it wants to. Well, I was running two planer boards and two rods right out the back. And the fish hit one of the planter boards, and it had me all wrapped up in line. And I reached down to grab that fish, and it about took me off the kayak. And had I went in that water with 65-pound braid wrapped around me, I probably would have not come back up. I mean, you've got a 50-pound fish pulling you one way and braid wrapped around your arms. You're not swimming.
0: I mean. Yeah. No. No, no, no.
1: So my buddy, Shane, he's like, I've been telling you where you life jacket. He said, a fact right there ain't a sign. So I came straight home that night. I came in at like one o'clock in the morning and found those online and ordered that. And I've, I've wore every trip since. And one of my rules is, is I've got spare kayaks and I take people out with me all the time. So one of my rules is if you go with me, you can pull your life jacket off to get clothes off or clothes back on, but you better put your right straight back on.
0: Yeah. Art's got a art. <laughs> Said something in chat here. Art from One Ton's Fishing Club said, Mark had a kayak question, Mark. Yeah, Art, <laughs> I had a kayak. Cut a lot of flatheads out of a kayak too, but so
1: I've seen pictures.
0: Yeah, that was a while ago. That was before I started my YouTube slash podcast uh uh journey. So yeah, I got rid of that. You know, I was thinking when I sold that thing, I've told this story before. I don't know if I did on a podcast or not. I was thinking, man, Mark, you're getting too old for this, you know. Um a lot of my Guys I was fishing with, they weren't able to fish anymore, so I was doing a lot of solo fishing. But the problem is portaging, you, you can't do that. My wife won't drive my truck. I got a big old, you know, quad cab, mega cab truck, and she doesn't care to drive it. So uh, I'd end up paddling upstream half the day and having a, you know, and then I would drift back down. Uh, which worked great. I'm like, I'm like, thinking, I'm getting too old for this. So I put it up for sale and guess who bought it, right? Some 65 year old lady bought that thing for me.
1: <laughs> and this is, a, this is, the day before we had the XI yeah, no threes tele- and stuff. So.
0: No, no kidding. If I could strap a trolling motor on there, I'd have been good. I mean, the, it was, the people were putting them on there, but it was all, you know, homebrew stuff. Yeah, and, uh, um, the lithium batteries weren't a thing, at least not for a reasonable, at least not for uh, a, an obtainable amount of money. Um, so it, it just wasn't an option at the end. I mean, there were people that were putting uh, like those uh, three horsepower gas motors on new canoes and stuff. I've seen a few of those. And that did cross my mind just to get up river and then, and then come back. That would have been a way to do it. You know, I don't fish too many lakes, especially uh, back then. Uh, so now it might be a different story. There's a lot of kayaks out there that come with, with them already. Right. With the autopilot. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, the old town, uh, I think it's, is it the sportsman, the old town sportsman, I think it is, um, that comes with the motor recessed into like where the drive would be in a normal kayak. Um, most any other reputable brand kayak out there, you can go buy a mount and mount an XI3 right to the front of it uh a great company on the water innovations i'm not sponsored by them or anything but they have a mount for just about any kayak you want to put an x-i-3 on it and they're super simple bolt on normally they got four screws and the screws are already in the kayak you just take one screw one set of screws out put the mount on and put the screws that come with the mount back in their place
0: yeah they go right where the um the power pole mounts usually go if i'm not mistaken right
1: Well, the power poles are usually on the back, so the front usually has handle mounts somewhere on it and then you've usually got a deck lid of some kind on the front of most kayaks that, you know, opens up for a hatch Mm -hmm. and the handle screws and the hatch screws on most all the mounts that I've put on. So.
0: Pretty cool stuff. They you know, three miles an hour on a kayak. I actually had a chance to test drive a buddy of mine who's has on there. That you're you're moving around, you're moving along pretty good, three to five miles an hour. Holy smokes. It's not yeah, I hard. can
1: I can get about 4.6, 4.7 out of mine on flat water with no wind. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually working on something. So there's nobody that makes an aftermarket prop for those trolling motors. So mm-hmm. I'm working on building a jig to where I can put my prop in it and heat it and give the prop more pitch and see if I can get more speed out of it that way. If it it does what I think it'll do, I can get between six and seven mile an hour from the calculations I've been doing. I'm not real great at math, but I can do some math. And and that's what I've came up with.
0: I don't know, man. I think, I think it's seven miles an hour on a kayak. You'd be pretty puckered up if you know what I mean.
1: So I have been as fast as 10 miles an hour on a kayak but that was up at uh chickamauga dam down in the bobcat outdoors territory there and i got up in the hydros and they increased the flow and when i went to come back down you, you got to squeeze through between some bridge pillars there and that those bridge pillars squeeze that current and speed it up and that comes out the other side and slows down and i think i got up to like 9.8 coming through there and it, it was a it was a different experience I put it that way. <laughs> but but there is a safe alternative i just was being lazy you can go over to the lock side and come back down between the and bridge come back and not that fast i was just being lazy and wanted to get back to the ramp with that and didn't want to go all the way around so i was like i'll shoot through there i mean the water's gonna push you away from the bridge so
0: it, it's like as long as you ain't got no big headwind or anything, you, 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 you would probably be okay, but you do need to be safe out there. Folks listening. Don't be, don't be silly. I mean, um, Ryan, again, dangerous fishing is part of the, uh, or is the name of this podcast. and uh, The reason why we thought about that is because of that Chickamauga area. Right.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably one of the most high flow dams I've been in I've been in it at 40, I think it was 44,000 CF and, um, which for a boat is no big deal. But when you get up there on a kayak, you can't actually go upstream. It's flowing so fast. I think the current's probably running about six to seven miles an hour. And the way I fish that is I'll go up the lock side, get everything ready up there in the slack water, and then jump over into the fast current and start bumping my way back. Well, my trolling motor pretty much running wide open just to hold me back to half that speed. And it, uh, it's it's a little different. I mean, you, you've kind of gotta lock yourself into the kayak and just kind of become one with it so you can kind of ride it out. It's, it's it's hard to explain until you experience it.
0: Yeah, there's some, I mean, there's gotta be undertoes and all sorts of weird flows in there. So if you do go over, man, it 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 it, it could get pretty scary, I imagine. So
1: yeah, it's uh it's definitely risk versus reward and and my wife's idea of risk being equal to the reward is not the same as mine sometimes
0: she'd be happy if she you took that glitter rocket of yours out there wouldn't she
1: yeah i've actually it's it's actually down right now the lower unit i guess somehow have something frozen busted inside where the exhaust port comes out by the prop and the last time I had it out was January 1st. We actually took it down to the river and that we got married on my boat with my rods out in the back of it. So
0: I I remember seeing those pictures. That was pretty cool. And congratulations again on, on, on the wedding.
1: And then I got it, uh, I actually got it out and cleaned it up and put it all back together to get it ready for Chad's, uh, couples challenge. And that's when I found out that the, the lower unit was busted in it. So,
0: So when you say it froze, it just froze up. You didn't have any freezing weather down there. Did you from
1: January the first, it, it was actually pouring the rain. I mean, we had severe flooding on the way to go down to the river to get married. (laughs) And, uh, it was like 50 degrees that day, but I'm, I'm sure it froze after that, you know, but I, I did all the things you're supposed to do. I started it up, pumped the water out of the water pump, you know with the motor let down i brought it home tilted the motor all the way down i guess somehow water had just got in there that couldn't escape i i really haven't figured it out yet but
0: well hopefully hopefully you'll get that figured out and you get it back on the water pretty soon because that probably i
1: already got the parts and got it dropped off at the boat mechanic so it's just a matter of time now
0: perfect what you need to do is go borrow a jig for that Prop idea years from a local prop guy. I'm sure they got something that'll that'll work. It can't be that much different. All it is is a different pitch,
1: right? Yeah, it's it's just a different pitch. Um, I've actually got part of the jig made out in the garage. I wish I was out there. I'd show it to you. But
0: yeah, you just bought. You just moved into a new house. I remember you posted and showing me pictures of your shop, and I have to say, I'm pretty jealous.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. The wife's ready for me to quit fishing so much since tournaments are kind of winding down a little bit here. And uh, she's ready for me. This room I'm in, I'm actually supposed to be remodeling. I was supposed to do it this last weekend and had a trophy presentation to go to with Mike for the uh, national kayak catfish scene that he runs, the uh, online catfish tournaments. I took their uh, first place in their King Cat event this year. So I won their point series and all that. So we went up and did a trophy presentation and, you know, we didn't go to the river to do that without fishing. So. We ended up spending about 12 hours on the water that
0: day. <laughs> you know, I make a big deal out of spending eight to 10 hours on the water. This guy will spend a whole week all night and all day out there. It's pretty insane. I don't know how you keep awake. You bring coffee with you or energy drinks? Monster what do you do? energy
1: drinks. They, like Stan says, have your people call my people. <laughs> <That's>
0: right. <laughs> Yeah, I I like the the sugar free monsters, the white cans. Those are pretty good. They I just started drinking them not too long ago, and let me tell you, they'll 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 wake you up and keep you going for a while.
1: I'll I'll go through about an average of four or five of the big tall cans.
0: Oh man, if I did that, I'd be in the hospital. I'm too old you know? to drink all that. One well, one that's, gives that's me over,
1: that's over a twenty hour period. I mean,
0: no. <sighs> I remember I was, I made it halfway through a night, one of my all-nighters and I started dragging. I had one of them. And then after that, you know, I had to break into the coffee cause daylight was coming up. I didn't sleep for like 18 hours after that. I'd <laughs> the caffeine, so I can't do it, but it, it did get the job done. That's for sure. That and a little bit of sugar will take you a long way.
1: My, my longest trip was actually almost exactly a year ago. It was the, it was the, uh, King Cat or Cat King tournament for OCT last year. And I was a versus Justin Johnson and he was fishing Tennessee River and I was fishing Taylorsville Lake. I stayed out 27 and a half hours on the kayak straight through.
0: For those of you listening on the podcast, Justin Johnson is from Kayak Catfish fame. Uh, he's a hell of a competitor. He loves the tournament fish. And uh, uh, to let you know what kind of a competitor Ryan is, he's 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 always up there competing head to head with with Justin and and Kayak Mike and the gang. Right? Yeah,
1: I actually beat Justin in this tournament. I didn't actually beat him head to head, but he got took out the round before he would have been facing me
0: and they talk a lot of smack fellas oh too. we definitely do
1: we, <laughs> we definitely do you know when i started this and even even up till last year justin was an idol and and still really is you know i mean he's doing what he do, does and loves it and does it for a living so he's he's still an idol in my book and last year i was honored just to be in the same championship tournament as him and then, you know, this year I get to go up and I place higher than him. And, and you know, I've talked mad smack to him over that.
0: Yeah. But, I, I've been told that he, he listens to the podcast. So when he hears us, expect a phone call from him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> And and actually he was one of the first after I won this tournament to, to message me and say, congratulations. I mean, he is, I've, I've went down and fished with him this summer. We went down and spent some time on Nick and Jack Lake together and we just had an absolute blast. I mean. We went out and ate afterwards, and, it, I mean, j- he's just a great guy. I mean, he's just a good sport, loves to have fun, cut up just like the rest of us.
0: So have you gotten a chance to fish with uh, with Spencer yet? I know you guys have met up. I, I have not.
1: Uh, I have not got to fish with him yet. We've kind of tried to plan up a trip a couple of times, and something always comes up. I mean, he's, he's like 12 hours away from me or something, so yeah, he's it's kind of a- hard to – And he's been doing a lot of travel fishing lately.
0: Um, You guys can meet halfway and fish the Fox River here, and then I'll be out there on the boat. I'll be your uh, (laughs) your following. I'm going to drive
1: six hours somewhere. It's not going to be to fish your Fox River
0: Come on, I'll put you on (laughs) some flatheads. We'll take good care of you up here. I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. You'll be good. I'll be more than just fishing. We'll put you on a 30-pound channel cat just north of here. How about that?
1: And, you know, you know, truly, I was just having that conversation about somebody, a a buddy of mine in Nebraska that does uh, the Nebraska Yak Cat series. Uh I I said something about coming up and doing one of their tournaments this year. And he messaged me and he's like, man, don't waste your time driving up here to fish one of these tournaments. He's like, it's they're all on Channel Cat Lakes. It's not going to be your cup of tea up here. Like you're going to be highly disappointed where our tournaments are. I said, man, it ain't about the, the, the catching the fish part of coming up there. It's just uh, hanging out and trash talking with y'all, you know. Yeah, a said, wind, well, a wind hurt
0: that either. A, a wind don't definitely hurt either. So if you can go there and show them boys how it's done, it's always a good thing well <laughs> it makes the trash talking all so much better don't it
1: yeah i i'm one of the few that you can just beat me to death in a tournament i still come out talking trash
0: in the end so <laughs> <laughs> hey have you ever been on the missouri river speaking I have of not, dangerous fishing
1: that is uh everybody says you can't yeah then i'm not gonna go kayak fish it. it's just too fast i can't do it i'm i'm the guy that's gonna have to drive up there and put the kayak on it and see that i can't fish it before i say it's can't be done because a year ago I I think it was it was actually Chris Souders that was telling me man you'll never be able to bump from a kayak and them hydros away because we were talking you know and I was like I'm gonna bump the hydros in the kayak he's like no you're not it can't be done and when me and Mike finally first started doing it and figuring it out I sent Chris videos and he's like I can't believe you're doing that he's like "I, I just can't believe you're doing that and he said, I don't know if
0: you're brave, crazy, or dumb. I said, well, probably all three. I
1: said, but you said we couldn't do it, and here we are. You know.
0: Don't tell Ryan he can't do it because he's going to figure out a way. I know that you and Bobcat had a good time when you were out there with him the first time, right?
1: Yeah, I went out, and uh, that's that's – the kind of guy he is, man. I w- I went down hold on, there.
0: Well, just- hold on, hold on, real quick. Let's make sure everybody knows that Bobcat. He's been on my show. He's an accomplished kayaker, right? He he did whitewater kayaking for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he's telling you that you shouldn't do it, you you might have it might have been a good idea to listen to him. I'm thinking.
1: Well, probably, but I, I'm <laughs> not known for listening very well either. So, <laughs> but we 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 showed up at Tennessee and uh, in Chattanooga. It was me and my buddy, uh, Mark Bennett and Kite Mike, and uh, we got down there and I had some bluegill in the cooler for bait. You know, we don't, we don't really have anywhere here to catch skipjack that's reliable. And that's the bait of choice down there on the Tennessee River. So I, I started messaging people and Bob was one of the first people I messaged. I said, hey, man, I'm looking to buy some bait. Can you point me in the right direction? We're in Chattanooga. And I messaged a few other guys and he messaged me and said, hey, so-and-so's got bait for sale. Um, let me know if you can't get a hold of him. Here's the number. Well, before I even got the phone dialed to call the guy, he Bob had just messaged me back. He said, you know what? Just grab your bait rods and meet me down to river, down to boat ramp at the dam. I'll be there in about 30 minutes. I said, cool. We'll grab our stuff and head that way. Well, before I got in the truck, he said, hey, grab your bumping rod and bring it where your bait probably won't take long. So we go out, me and him and Mark, and we ended up catching. I think it was fifty-seven skipjack wow. in an hour, and I think Bob probably caught fifty of those fifty-seven. And uh, taught. I mean, he actually took his time and showed us how to catch the skipjack. There, you know what I mean. It wasn't yep. like, just, here you go. Let's. Here's your bait. But we uh we got the bait in like an hour, and we started bumping, and that was my first time in that fast current like that. I mean, I'd been in the hydros, but never right up against the wall in the hydros and bob's boat i think it's like a 17 or 18 foot center console boat and i mean three of us on there there's not a lot of room anyway it's but,
0: not a super wide boat either it doesn't have yeah. that wide a beam if i if from, from just looking at it on video and stuff i'm not quite and, sure what it is but and he said uh he said all right y'all ready to go bump i said yeah where are
1: we gonna do that And he just pointed at the white water coming out of the hydros and i was like well oh, he's not gonna run that far up in there you know whatever I start grabbing my bumping rod and I look up and we're about to touch the dam off the front of the boat. And he's like, Hey, get the trolling motor down. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, I'm in now. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, we bumped and like, that was my first time actually bumping that fast of a current. And it took a minute to get the hang of it. Once I got it, you know, it was, and Bob coached us through that. And I think it was probably about an hour into bumping, maybe an hour and a half. I hung into, I think it was a 50, 56 or a 58 pound blue cat. And uh, Bob actually put a video out on it. And uh, that was actually my PB bumping at the time. And I went back out there the next morning. You know, we went back out there on the kayaks the next morning. And it was kind of like. Who's gonna go in there first, you know, me or Mike or Mark, he's kind of skittish. He'll be the one to lay back and not do the crazy stuff. But me and Mike was just, neither one was gonna let the other one outdo us. And before we realized that we were right up there in the hydro, so it was just one of them things of, I was pushing him and he was pushing me, but we really wasn't even saying anything to each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're saying you'd go through a whole hundred amp hour battery in a day doing that, wouldn't you? And
1: in, in seven to eight hours, I'll kill a hundred amp hour lithium battery.
0: All right. For for the people listening at home who aren't familiar with bumping, tell us a little bit of, of, of how it's done.
1: So you're, you're essentially putting yourself in the current and you're going with the current at half the speed of whatever it's going. So if you've got three mile an hour current, you're going a mile an hour. backwards. So the the front of
0: your vessel is pointed into the current, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Into the current and you're, you've got your bait out behind you and you let out line until it kind of stops taking itself and you just bounce your bait off the bottom as you're working your way down the current. It's kind of like, uh, if, if people have bass fished with a jig and you're constantly bouncing that bait off the bottom, as you reel it to you, it's like the same thing in reverse. And, and you'll let line out and you'll pick it up and then you'll let line out as it drops down, you know, and, and you'll eventually hit what we call a sweet spot. And that's where you're not letting line out. You're going backwards. You're just picking it up and dropping it. And as you work backwards, you'll drop that bait over ledges and over logs and this and that and the other that, that creates a current breaker and eddy, you know, for those fish to hide behind and ambush bait as it comes over top of them and it's just a real natural way to present your bait as it comes downstream just like anything else would you know
0: cool stuff so pretty much you're you're hitting them in the head with the bait you pretty much smack them right in the face but
1: the the exciting part about it is it's like catfishing you're usually sitting there all relaxed you know and you've got your rods and rod holders with circle hooks and when the fish hits it's going to take the rod down but it's it's going to do the circle hook's going to do its job and the rod holder's going to do its job all you've got to do is get up and go get it and reel it in basically i mean it, there's a little more to it than that but that's that's the gist well holding that rod in that fast current when that 50 pound blue cat hits is such a crazy adrenaline rush i mean if i had the option i'll never fish another way I mean, That's what
0: everybody that does it keeps saying. Everybody from from Lyle Stokes to to Bobcat, I even see it on uh, on Spencer's videos and stuff. It really seems like a good time. I'm definitely going to get out there, um, whether it's on the Missouri with Lyle or if I try to make my way down there to the to, to Chickamauga and and we're, we're going to make we're going to make that happen. Uh, my my trip to Alabama got canceled, so I need to make up for that trip somewhere else. So.
1: Now, do you guys like your Fox River? You don't have any blue cats that far north. No,
0: no, north. no blue cats, no skipjack oh. up here at all. Uh if I want to catch blue cats, closest place would be like Peoria at the power plants, like Powerton or something. And I'm not a big fan of making that mile and a half walk in the dead of winter to bank fish over there. And I haven't fished off of uh, uh off a boat there yet. But I I, I know my buddy uh uh um uh, setting hooks uh he 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 fishes out there quite a bit same with jonathan from from hook maybe i'll I'll holler at them and see if brandon Ishkar might might give me some tips but we we might go there for a while but if i'm gonna go i've been meaning to get out and fish with lyle for a long time hopefully we can make that happen pretty soon so
1: yeah and, and he builds custom bumping rods too so
0: i got one I already have one my friend. I use, I use it for float fish and log piles though. It works perfect. Cause I'm always holding onto that rod all night long. The only difference between that and the bumping rod is I don't have a split handle. So.
1: Yeah. And actually I almost wish my bumping rods didn't have split handles so I could use them because they don't do the split handles don't do good in the rod holders
0: no they don't just you get a nick on them or something and they're going to split and, and i know there's i can i know somebody in chat here i'm not going to say who it is but that, that that learned that the hard way and he actually knew better too so i mean and, and
1: i'm bad for it but i don't want to carry extra rods with me especially on the kayak you know I, mm-hmm. I carry two bumping rods with me and and i've got usually one set up with a demon dragon or a peg float and one set up without it And, you know, I can just, if I think the fish are going to hit with the peg float, I'll just grab a different rod or if they're not hitting one, I'll just grab the other. The thing is, is if you have to carry six rods on the kayak, because if you want to go down river and start suspend fishing or something, then you have to carry six rods. You have to have your two bumping rods plus your four suspend rods. And when you're bumping, you're out the back of the kayak and that's where your rod storage is most of the time. So it's right. It's all right in the way. I'm really bad for using my bumping rods to span fish when I really shouldn't,
0: but. You make do with what you got. I mean, I'm the same way. A lot of times I'll be out there and, 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 you know, I, I got a four, I got a 16 foot boat. It's not real 16 foot, 16 inch beam, not a real deep boat. And I got a bunch of gear and you know how as cashfish guys, you always got something we need, whether it's, you know, cutting boards or or scales. I got multiple scales in there. You got the big old net. It all adds up. You can't bring a rod for everything, at least not in that size boat, let alone a kayak. That's even crazier. So space is at a premium. I know somebody who can make you a bumping rod with a full handle though.
1: With a full handle?
0: Yeah. Lyle will take good care of your Black Horse Customs.
1: I've, I've actually talked to him a few times about it. I just never have followed through with, with doing it and, and, you know, Lyle he's got a really good deal for me on it. So.
0: I'm sure he does. He'll take good care. He uh yeah, he, he, he does the family members. So that's pretty cool. I know his list is getting long though. So you're going to have to get on it pretty quick. If you guys are looking for one, I've been meaning to get on him to make me a fly rod of all things though. So we'll see. I got a couple of fish. I want to catch on a fly rod. He planted one idea in my head and I also want to get on a pike bite with him, but that's for another show.
1: I've actually got a fly rod. I've never tried to use my papa gave me one about two years ago and I've just never made myself learn how to use it. You know, I mean, and and i've taught myself just about well between me and what i've taught myself in youtube i mean that's where i've learned most of what i know about fishing i either watched it on youtube or i figured it out on the water
0: hey you know back in the day when i learned you know what i didn't learn from my grandfather um i learned from books and uh books are still there and i still got books every winter i go through i read books like catfish country um there's a couple other books that i read about catfishing and crappie fishing but uh there's no reason why you you can't use what what's out there on youtube i mean it's a library of information in itself there's so much content out there make sure you're looking at second and third page results uh is all i gotta say that would be my tip of the night go take some deep dives and you'll find the information that you're looking for just because it's not at the top of the results doesn't mean that there isn't some value in it or a better explanation of it. So yeah
1: and that's that's what i'm going to concentrate on on my channel this year is more about teaching why i'm doing what i'm doing instead of saying well i'm suspend fishing here's my rig you know people need to know why you're choosing to suspend fish that and and that was the whole reason i started youtube in the first place was because i was watching justin johnson and and all the tennessee guys and hagen Grubbs and all them And all them guys were fishing rivers. Well, I was out here fishing a lake and trying to imitate what they were doing. And I had a thermocline and they didn't. And man, Mm -hmm. I was skunking and skunking and skunking and skunking. And I'm like, why is this not working? I'm on the ledge. I see the ledge on the fish finder. They said fish a ledge and drop my baits down suspended and use skipjack. Well, the lake didn't have skipjack in it. And come to find out that that's one of the worst things you can use for bait here
0: yeah pretty much that that's true though you know my my fishing you know is different than almost all the other fishing that's out there doesn't mean that i didn't learn a lot on youtube and stuff but it i learned the hard way that you know just because it works for somebody on youtube it might not work for you and not to get discouraged definitely and and
1: once i figured out what the thermocline was i'm like there's nobody on youtube talking about this and 90 percent of your likes in the country here are going to have a thermocline in them. You know, I mean,
0: you got to watch you got to watch Dieter Melhorn videos for that kind of stuff. He's a big yeah. Fan. And uh,
1: but nobody talks about that. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. always about oh, we're in the river doing this, 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 and this, and and at the time, you know, that's been three going on four years ago, I guess. Nobody was talking about that stuff and, and how it affected lakes. Even if they were fishing a lake, they weren't talking about the thermocline. And once I figured all that out, I started fishing shallow water. You know, I, I started learning how to drag baits in shallow mud flats, And it was, uh, it, it started clicking then. That's when it all started clicking together. And I, I started performing decently and, and doing what I thought was really good then. You know, I, I remember catching my first 20 pound, 30 pound blue on my own. And I was out there by myself, and I I made a mile haul back to the boat ramp to find somebody to take a picture of me with that fish, you know. <laughs> and 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 I thought, man, I'm doing something now, you know. I've got a monster here, and and now seeing what i put in the kayak this summer, I'm looking back at it, and 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 I, I'm ungrateful sometimes. I, I don't mean to be, but I, I'll actually be ungrateful for catching twenty and thirty pound fish, and. And I have to remind myself, you know, there's people out there that don't even have fish this size where they're at.
0: The, that, that's absolutely right. I always like to make sure I convey that to a bunch of people real quick. I need to shout out, Mister Tim Molina. He's been a crew member for 19 months. Thank you for your support, Tim. I appreciate you, bud. Hopefully, you're feeling uh, wonderful down there. <clears throat> um, yeah, that that I I ran into a bunch of things like that. Uh, electronics you know the river i fish and i've said this many times it's four to six feet on average and if you're using down imaging you're it's fine and dandy if you got depth but if you don't it doesn't do you any good and it took me a while no one says that in the youtube videos no one will tell you that until you figure it out on your own so i started you know focusing on on side imaging uh, which isn't the greatest in shallow water but you can still get On structure, and you know, structure is king. So, Chris does uh,
1: does one of the best jobs talking about the the sonar and the side imaging of about anybody I've watched. He does he does Mm -hmm. a really good job with that.
0: He definitely does. I watched a lot of Chris's videos. I've watched a lot of videos from Davis from Flop and Crappie. A lot of the crappie guys they depend on side imaging extremely heavily, you know, and just because. Using the basics, the you know the the set your gain up your color selects things like that sensitivity all that stuff for each unit. The crappie guys they they got it dialed in. They're looking for small clouds of fish, you know, in in big bodies of water. There's no reason why you can't learn to use that or take away. Um, uh the search for structure that way too so i've, I've come across a lot of stuff that way so I, I i give them guys a lot of the credit for some of the bigger fish that i've caught in the past so
1: i use my side scan a lot for watching for for structure and brush piles and stuff when i'm dragging baits with planer boards because you'll see it on that screen and you'll know hey i better get that right side planer board in yep. because it's fixing to be in a brush pile you know and and i don't care what kind of dragging weights you're using if you're running a 10 hour circle hook and drag it through a brush pile
0: you're probably going to lose some gear (laughs) yeah i've i've you know it this might might have been on when i was on the mississippi river i was going over i went over trees yeah i saw on side scan and stuff and you ain't getting nothing through anything like that I got a couple of spots here where there's it's so much it's littered with with piles of, of, of tires and and big old brush piles of like fallen trees and stuff just under the ground. And if you don't know it's there, you're going to end up, you know, having around it's It's got to be even more difficult to get something unsnagged on a kayak than it is in a boat, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, you're just going to break it off most of the time. Um, I'll sometimes I'll reel my rods up if I'm dragging baits and try to go back and get it. But normally I'm just wrapping something around the line, turn the trolling motor up and pop it. I mean, that's yeah. about all you can do.
0: Man, it, it's it, at the cost of some of them rigs. I'll go after them. I do pretty good. Oh, uh, here's some uh, fishing with Squirrel Dawson's and Chad. He's got a YouTube channel and he's got some re- really good, really good uh lorance based uh sonar videos so if you're listening on a podcast make sure you check out dawson's channel at fishing with squirrel he's got some pretty good stuff that was really impressive whenever i saw him that's Uh,
1: actually uh what i'm running right now is a little rance uh ti uh xti 7
0: how you liking it
1: i don't really go into it from a garmin but i don't that's what brought that up in my mind. I'm like, I need to go check that out because check it out. I, I don't know how to dial it in that good. You
0: know, with once gun, you get it dialed get in, I know Brand, my buddy, Brandon Cross, he, he's a Lawrence guy. Um, my, my, my real good friend, Violet Talley, she's a Lowrance sponsored angle and, and she's angler. And she showed me what it can do. And, uh, it, it, it's a good unit. If you got it now, just get her dialed in. And, and I think you'll be happy with it and, And if not, you you can always change. I'm a Garmin guy, too, but I'm also considering making a switch over to Hummingbird for my next. uh,
1: Oh, man, that that new. uh, What is it? The uh, the Solix. Is that the newest
0: one? Yeah, the Solix. That's what's going to be.
1: That's what Kyle's got on his new boat, man. And checking out the pictures he's been sending me. It's just insane. And to me, Humminbird right out of the box has the best side scan without touching any settings, mm-hmm. you know, right out of the box, you don't have to set nothing. You can, you can use it just as is without changing any settings at all on it or anything. And it just.
0: Boy, yeah, boy, I'm boy. not going to lie either. I, I upgraded to a 10 inch, uh, ultra high definition one on my boat. Even with the UHD 54, the picture on there, it's ridiculous. I can count tires that I never knew existed on a couple of spots. So, yeah, and I'll tell you what, I pulled, you know, two 25 pound flatheads out of a couple of those spots just this year that I didn't even know existed. So, it's definitely helped me quite a bit. But, yeah, sonar is a good tool for that. You may not be able to see fish when you're catfishing, but structure is the key. It definitely is.
1: And, and that's what a lot of your guys on the James River are doing, man. I've, I've been paying attention to a lot of those guys on Facebook and stuff. And they won't come right out and say they're marking fish and then targeting them. But when you see them post a picture and then of their sonar and then three hours later they're posting a picture of a fish they pulled up. And you can tell in the background that they've not moved. They've sat on that fish for that long. You know, and that that tells me that that's how they've targeted that fish. They've anchored up and they've sat on that fish and they've waited it out. And to be able to do that is a game changer in in all honesty. I mean, if you're a tournament fisherman and you know that fish is going to eat, that you gotta you gotta
0: find them to get them to meet without the sonar you can't you can guess all you want but when you're under time constraints man it helps whether you're making video content or your tournament uh uh tournament fishing you're gonna want to get on them fish
1: that's and and right. another aspect to the to the good sonar that that i've learned is it takes a lot of pre-fishing out of it for you you can go out there for five or six hours and ride around and find the fish where before you were going to, have to actually have to, you know, slow down, take your time and drag out a spot. If you catch a fish, then you can pack up and move. But now, now you can ride through there and in a matter of a few minutes, you know, whether they're there or not.
0: Well, you can always, you can always pre-fish without wetting the line either. Just yeah. get out there and get out there and do, do scanning. I know Doc Lang spends a day at a time out on the water and never wets a line before a tournament things like that i don't know if uh... i should be saying that but i know a lot of guys that do that you learn how to find the spots you want to fish if you can figure out how to see fish i know a lot of guys will claim that they look like grains of rice and i'm not going to say whether or not i well actually i kind of do believe that you see that 23 and a half pound pb channel cat behind me i saw that sucker on i think i'm pretty sure i saw it on side imaging and i'm going to say that my garmin caught that fish for me so
1: yeah it's uh and and I mean the bass guys, there's some of them yelling they should ban live scope this and that and the other you know. I don't I don't see them banning it. I mean it's just anything else. It's just the evolution of the sport. It's just where we're going. You know, I mean,
0: I, I'm old enough that when I was a kid, one of my mentors was Edward Zink. You know, God rest his soul. He's he's left us a long time ago. He was Lake Michigan fisherman, big 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 kingfish king salmon fisherman lake trout fisherman out here in chicago and uh, i remember him being so excited when he got his first sonar and it had thermal paper on a roll his boat was loaded with rolls of paper laying all over the place (laughs) and he would come back and he he said he doubled his catch by by being able to have that information available to him and it just keeps getting better and better you know i'm i'm looking at getting the garmin live scope unit here pretty soon um and and i think it's pretty incredible but can you imagine what it's going to be like in five years
1: yeah exactly um hummingbirds actually come out with a new What's it called? Active Target 360?
0: Yep. Uh, Lyle runs 360 in his but Well, not the Active Target, but he runs the 360 and they got the, li- what is it, Live Target 360 maybe now? Maybe it's like a, a, a Doppler it, where it gives you a picture of like the way around your vessel.
1: Yeah, and you can, I mean, you can see the fish swimming, but it's like a 2D image of looking down on them whereas mm-hmm. you know, live scope, you're looking out at them
0: yeah the bass guys love that stuff man because they, they get a better picture of it Us cat fishermen guys it's a little harder than that but you know for crappie fishing or white bass or even walleye i had a chance to fish with live scope once a buddy of mine has an ice uh one of the ice kits you know and we brought that out on my boat and i was so surprised at how fast shad move and how fast walleye and pike move in the water It it was ridiculous i had no idea i always pictured like all of that underwater video where they're just floating there and they're not <laughs> <laughs> or how you might not see anything on your sonar and how you're able to call you know call a pike in from from the distance and how they'll come in or whether it's a bass or or whatever fish you're looking to catch. it's it, it's it's pretty humbling and it's it's a, definitely a learning experience so what are your plans for your channel ryan what are your plans for your tournament career So.
1: If everything goes right I'll be doing boat tournaments a lot next year. That's all still kind of in the works. I don't want to talk a whole lot about that but okay but I should be I should be doing boat tournaments next year after say say after catcon I should be fired in on doing some boat tournaments. Um, there's a national kayak trail that kayak Mikes put together through the OCT. It's an unheard of deal. He's got a1,000 dollar guaranteed first place added money to six, I think six tournaments that he's got scheduled. And it's the same payouts as normal with a thousand dollars added to it, plus an extra 250 added to the big fish pot. So that's, uh, I mean, and that's unheard of for an in-person kayak tournament to pay out that much. It's it's a really big deal for us. I'm not gonna do the uh, online catfishing tournaments next year. I'm not, well, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna do any, but It'll, it'll surprise me if I do any of them. I'll put it that way. If I'm doing boat tournaments and I'm doing that in-person stuff, I'm going to want to pre-fish for all that. You know, it's going to take a lot of time out of the kayak. It, I mean, you just have to win those tournaments by time on the water most of the time. And being in the boat, you can't fish online kayak tournaments. So that kind of does away with that. And then uh, there was a couple more things I was wanting to do. Number one's YouTube. I'm fixing to start back in on putting some videos out. It's been a while since I've done that. I'm gonna have fun with YouTube. I started TikTok actually to push my YouTube channel. Was the whole point I even started TikTok?
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I got to having fun with those videos. And I don't even mention my YouTube on there. I just post videos and have fun with them.
0: Yeah, I do the same thing. And I did. And I did post a link to your TikTok in the description if anybody's curious, want to check him out on TikTok. So.
1: You're you're probably not gonna learn anything watching my TikTok, but they're fun videos to make, so
0: that's a good point. If you want to learn something, folks, head on over to YouTube. You're 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 gonna learn something there definitely and be entertained. If you're looking at something to waste a little time while you're sitting around the house for something, you can always go over to TikTok too. So I'm having fun on TikTok too. So we're gonna get back on that TikTok bandwagon. I got a bunch of video footage put up and I got some stuff to put together for uh, uh the good folks at Fish Brain. So uh hopefully we'll get that done here in the next couple of weeks. Um, any last words, Ryan?
1: Uh, not really, man. I
0: appreciate it. Well, you you know we didn't me even home. get to talk about you tournament guys and walleye fishing and all of that good stuff.
1: Well, we we use a measuring board, man. So putting lead in our fish don't really help
0: yeah but yeah. Can, I've, heard, I've heard whispers of measuring boards i actually gonna, it
1: was a big deal with that in the the kbf a couple of
0: years let's ago not, let's not talk about that <laughs> we're not going to bring that up that's a touchy subject because we don't know <laughs> we can't prove anything we can talk after the show so don't leave me you hang around and we can talk about
1: that but so. uh but now uh, uh kyle if you watch on facebook uh that's the best way if anybody wants to get information or anything from me is hit me up on Facebook Messenger, by the way. I'll share info with just about anybody, as long as I don't think you're keeping big fish. Um, Hit me up. If you've got questions, I don't mind answering questions or anything. Um, Kyle, if you see him on Facebook, man, him started that whole Photoshop thing with each other about two or three years ago, every time one of us post a fish picture, you know Photoshop was the first thing and that's actually caught on you see it in so many posts now but uh but yeah if anybody has questions or anything about catfishing or fishing in general or kayaks or what have you hit me up on facebook messenger i'm glad to answer questions for anybody
0: That's Ryan Boyd's on Facebook. So I want to thank everybody in chat for watching. Thank you, everybody, for your channel support. Uh, If you want to be a member, links are in the description. I always appreciate it. Ryan, thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody, out in podcast land. I appreciate you, and uh, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Ryan.
1: All right. Glad to be here, bud.
0: Uh, Good night, everybody.